0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SlashFilmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Chen, and with me are... Devinder Hardware. And Jeff Kanata. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you can find more episodes of our podcast, SlashFilmcast.com. Email us at SlashFilmcast at gmail.com. Today, uh, we are going to be doing uh, our Movie Moral Dilemma, which we've renamed the segment yet again for reasons that I will explain. But I'm pretty <laughs> the sure... the better? Because the name's
1: better is the reason.
0: Pretty sure the name is going to stick this time. Uh, and then we're going to do a little bit of what we'll be watching and then finally conclude with an in-depth review of Don't Breathe, which is out in theaters uh, this weekend and actually was number one at the box office, which is awesome. Um, Insane. It's yeah. already made more, like way more money than its budget. Uh, its budget was under $10 million, uh, and it has made $26 million. That is... Very impressive. It's better than Lights Out. It's better than 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, which are other really solid kind of horror films that that came out this year as well. And uh, I'm really heartened by this. Don't Breathe is the film that took down Suicide Squad at the box office. Uh, And I think there's a lot to be uh, encouraged by there. So anyway, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But in the meantime, our weekly movie dilemma. Now last week... On the Slash Filmcast, uh, we decided to call it Cinema Confessions. Now, there's a problem with that name. Uh, a few problems. Firstly, I think when, when I first started thinking up this segment and we talked about it, I, one of the things that I liked was the idea that people would ask us for advice about things. Like, it wouldn't just be purely confessing, it would be like, hey, Uh, I'm going to take my parents to see a movie this weekend. Like, what should I take them to go see? You know, it'd be like something simple like that. Right. And cinema confessions is more about like people confessing their deepest, darkest secrets. Which some people did. Like some people literally just wrote in to slashfilmcast@gmail.com with crazy stuff they've done. There is some dark stuff in there. there, This one, (laughs) this one listener just wrote in with their entire sexual history in theaters.
2: Like I, the entire, I have not had nearly I mean, as much fun in theaters. The, the
0: entire, entire like email was just this listener's sexual exploits in theaters. The best and and there was ever. no, yeah. like, there was no, hey, what should I have done differently? There was no, like, is this okay? It was just them telling us about the sex they'd had. Um, there was a
1: person that was like, I, I killed a
0: man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall that one, We're Jeff. not supposed <laughs> to talk about that one, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, uh, didn't even very, have anything to do with the movies. It was just, I killed a <laughs> movie. Very, very rapidly, uh, we realized that Cinema Confessions was a bad name. Uh, so, a few people suggested the following name, uh, slash film court, which I really like. And I feel like it leaves it open for both, for everything we could possibly want. In a segment like this, which is to say mm-hmm. people can write in asking for advice. They can write in asking for summary judgment. We can dole out advice. We can dole out punishment. We can do whatever we want. Um, so Slash Film Court, I'm pretty sure, is going to be the final name.
1: So the only thing we need now, dear <laughs> listeners, is bumper music for <laughs> Slash Film Court. Bound, 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 bound. You know, like Night Court.
0: I thought you were doing Seinfeld just now. No. Anyway. bound, bound,
2: bound. Uh, or the Law and Order like sound effect? Yeah.
0: I actually have been looking for uh, you know I th- I do think we need to revamp some of the sound design of the Slash Filmcast, like uh, perhaps get a new theme song, perhaps get some new spoiler uh, tags. Sure. So if people are interested in helping with that, like do email us at slashfilmcast@gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to link to you uh, and possibly pay you for uh, helping us revamp some of that stuff. But anyway, Slash Film Court is the name of the new segment. Now, as we've established that, you know, I, I should also point out none of the stuff we say on Slash Film Court is legally binding or legally advisable <laughs> or even advisable in in life. I mean, it's just not even stuff that you should take seriously on any level. Um, for instance, last week, Davindra suggested someone go see uh, a movie without going to the bathroom. We got a very concerned emailer writing in like, hey, actually, that's quite dangerous. Uh, so, you know... <laughs> Don't necessarily take anything we say too seriously. Yeah. That being said, we are going to be gravely serious when we talk. Our judgment is law.
1: (laughs) Our judgment is law. Just know that we are three idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. I think that's a very uh, good attitude. Uh, That being said, we did get some follow-up from last week's Slash Film Court. I'm retroactively calling it Slash Film Court now. Uh, And this – Emailer writes in, I'm not going to give away their name. They write in, for the last few years, my wife and I have owned a four screen, first run movie theater in a small town in California. I thought your listeners might like to hear a different perspective on these movie moral dilemmas. In our three years of being open, we have rarely banned anyone. Uh, those we have banned exhibited extremely disruptive behavior or have just been general d bags. So far, we've not had anyone urinate in one of our theaters. Uh, we know. do that, you know. Of. We do, however, regularly have people eat sunflower seeds
2: and spit the shells on the floor. Oh, Not my boss. Yes. It's also super annoying during the movie because it's a bad crunch. <laughs> yeah. I know I have, I'm addicted ugh. to them.
1: When I worked at the movie theater, that would happen all too often. You'd walk in and you'd be like, you mothers. Yeah. You walk in and they're just everywhere. I don't understand.
0: Anyway, this uh, writer goes on, as far as paying for one movie and going into another, it's not something I would consider a bannable offense, but here are my thoughts. One, on a basic human level, it sucks to be lied to constantly. Between people sneaking in food, lying about their age, going into a different movie, sneaking in the back without paying, that whole aspect of this business can be very tiring. I know it's socially acceptable to lie to movie theaters, but it's my least favorite part of all of this. Two, we are in a very small market and our grosses are minuscule compared to the big chains, so it can be a struggle to get certain movies. For instance, if we want the new horror movie that's coming out, the distributor will look at how a comparable horror movie did at our theater and use that information to make their decision. If everyone came in and bought a Jason Bourne ticket but actually went to see the horror movie, then our grosses would not accurately measure our horror movie crowd here, and that might prevent us from getting horror movies in the future. Now, in reality, this probably doesn't happen to any great degree, but I think it's a slippery slope to say it doesn't matter at all. Three, it can create minor... But unnecessary havoc. During our slow periods, we regularly have supposedly empty auditoriums, we shut down ACs, projectors, go go in to do spot cleaning, etc. And if you're sitting in the wrong theater, it screws with our rhythm and creates extra work. Are any of these outcomes horrible, bannable offenses? No. But we bust our humps to provide the best possible movie going experience, and we'd love it if we didn't have to police people. Quite as much. After all, you wouldn't go to Outback Steakhouse to order a steak and secretly eat a chicken. Nor would you go into a Chili's, order nothing, but eat a burger you stuck in your backpack. Likewise, you wouldn't or go would into I. Applebee's for any reason. <laughs> End quote. Uh, so the email goes on, but I thought this is a great email because, you know, we've talked very abstractly about using tickets for one thing and going into another and people maybe banning you from movie theaters. Uh, and I thought this email was great because it basically says, like, there is there are externalities there is some kind mm-hmm. of cost when you buy a movie ticket and you go to another movie yeah.
2: it's, it might Maybe not be for, for smaller theaters I think it does make a difference yeah, yeah. I'm more but, talking about like the big multiplexes which is most of the places uh, we have to deal with yeah. but
0: I think it's worth considering that like yeah there <laughs> like there is cost it might not be a huge cost you know it might be a cost we we justify to ourselves and think is tolerable but there is some kind of cost Jeff what were you gonna say
1: I was going to say, I think actually this this email for me resonates more on a uh, as Davinci pointed out, a big chain versus mom and pop type of situation, and and uh, I think mom and pop movie theaters are are a dying breed, sadly. And I think that uh, you know, listening to someone who actually is trying to create a good product and 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 mm-hmm. you know, create a great experience for moviegoers, unfortunately, I I wonder how many of the big chains even really care about that on a yeah. On a- you know? But um, I, I do think that a really viable – we don't have to do it tonight, but I think a really viable slash film court topic is bringing food into a theater because he brought that up in the email and it <laughs> – yeah it, that's a big one and, and that's – that is something that I know uh, let's say Bleff – <laughs> did it a lot and mm, continues to no, do. We should save I,
0: that for another day. We yes. should save <laughs> that for another day. But anyway, we've been getting so many Slash Film Court emails. Uh, so please keep them coming in uh, to SlashFilmCast.gmail.com. In fact, one of the people who suggested the name Slash Film Court actually wrote in uh, this week as well with her own dilemma. And so uh, this email, the, the Slash Film Court is now in session. This email begins, long-time listener, first-time emailer. Also, I am dating one of your hosts. So I sincerely hope you can help me with my movie dilemma. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Is she going to reveal which one of us it is?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, Jeffrey.
1: Oh, I hope it's me. I hope it's me. I hope it's It's me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I frequently go to the movies with a friend. Let's call him Mark. Mark likes to stop at the concession stand for a large Diet Coke and a large popcorn. He always finishes the large drink. On the other hand, he routinely throws away half the popcorn, even when I help eat some of it. The waste drives me nuts. I sometimes politely point out that maybe we should get the medium popcorn instead. His response is, the large popcorn is only a dollar more, so it's a better deal, plus you get free refills. I have an wow, economics he really, background. He's really buying that whole upsell thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an economics background, so I find this quote-unquote logic – ...deeply troubling. The medium is about 39% smaller than the large popcorn, so what he usually eats isn't even a medium tub's worth of popcorn. I have literally never seen him get the refill of large popcorn because, of course, the bucket is never empty. Therefore, when Mark pays an extra dollar for the large, he might as well literally light that dollar on fire. By wasting food and creating trash, he's also asking the planet to take one for the team. And finally, Mark is always talking about wanting to lose weight, so while I don't want to insert myself into that particular highly personal issue... I do feel it would be better for his health not to have 1.3 gallons of popcorn in his lap. Uh, for the purposes of this movie dilemma, I called the theater and they told me the size. Do I, risk the, do I risk the peace in our friendship by pointing out the fallacy of the better value? As context, Mark and I have known each other since childhood, but we have less in common now, so movies have become the primary basis of our friendship. I don't want to give up the best part of our relationship just to prove I am right, which I assume I am. But perhaps you will have an alternate view I haven't <laughs> thought of. Uh, that email comes in from Felidia Featherbottom, uh, which I, I see, I'm, I I'm guessing is a uh, pseudonym, very much a I mean, real name, nom de plume, <laughs> as we would call it. Actually, that is nice. uh, that a is a nice reference. Jeff. That name is a reference to a beloved <laughs> television show. For those who uh, aren't aware of it, that uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say what its name is. You'll just be able to recognize it on your own. Uh, so, Philidia. Who, again, I should point out, was one of the people, along with uh, Miguel, uh, who's also a long-time listener who suggested the Slash from Court name, uh, is asking about her friend Mark, who mm. always buys the large, never finishes it, and uh, she's wondering whether or not to bring this up. And well, there try are several different issues here. There are several different
1: issues here. I have bad news for Felidia. Uh, <laughs> As, as again, I will go back to my now decades long ago uh, experience working at a movie theater. But I will tell her sadly, I had many occasions, many occasions, almost every night, I would throw away giant garbage bags full of fresh popcorn, just mm-hmm. massive amounts.
0: Now, of is this is this from like that you've made that haven't sold, or that that yes. is like thrown away in the trash? Right. Uh, ma- uh, made and haven't
1: sold. Mm-hmm. Directly from the popper, fresh from the popper that was sitting there into garbage bags, into the garbage. So breaking my heart. The, oh, <laughs> almost every night. The, the idea that that popcorn is worth $7 for a bag, it, it couldn't yes. be worth less money to yes. the – It's worth the, pennies. <laughs> yes. So uh, – so from a waste <laughs> standpoint, him buying the large and throwing away half of it is the least of the worries about wasting popcorn.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes.
1: So maybe we can set aside the waste issue. Okay. Agreed. Uh, but the, the other issue she brings up is the financial uh, yes. lie that he's telling himself yes. that it's only a only dollar more, uh, which I think we can, we can all agree that if you're buying more and not eating more – that's just
0: stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know I, Jeff. you make a compelling argument jeffrey i'm kind of with you there, it's pretty Jeff. complex like, i don't know if i followed yeah. the whole thing but i think <laughs> i think that's correct
2: mark um, is either the best thing about american uh, consumer culture right now or the worst right <laughs> it, it's just like go, go straight to excess uh you know uh skip skip everything else on the monopoly board like all the way let's just go all in um yeah I I do have the experience that
1: the the theater that I like the best in my area now that if, when I'm going to a movie and I can choose where to see it I will I will select the ArcLight theaters here in Los Angeles they're a sort of premium you know they they are marketed toward movie files and uh, cinephiles and you know they're they're trying to create an upscale environment but they have two sizes of popcorn last I checked one is way too small. And one is way too large. And they don't have a medium in between the oh, two. Oh, man. And it's really bad because the, the small I will buy and finish and want more. And the large I will have a percentage of and not be able to complete.
2: This is so, why medium is the best, yes.
1: Yeah. Well, but also medium used to be large. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> what medium is now was large when I was... Yeah. A-
2: and so. then, then they created tubs. And then all bets were off. So... That's because again, the product you're buying is worth nothing to
1: them. As long as they can charge you more, they'll they'll it, it costs them nothing.
0: To the issue at
2: hand, I think Mark is a monster. <laughs>
0: uh, well, you know, in in Mark's defense, which is as you guys can tell, this is a running theme. Like I will try and run to the defense of the the accused in our uh-huh. slash home court. Uh, I would be the John Stone of of the slash home court here. Uh, that I, th- I think there is. You know, Mark is probably experiencing some kind of existential fear of running out of popcorn. This right, that there is is a terrifying thing to have a tub of popcorn and then <laughs> think that you might run out. Like that could dominate your thoughts. Yeah, you know the it could, problem
2: of like sitting there yeah. eating all the popcorn before the movie starts, and then when the movie starts, you have no popcorn. What are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, I know exactly. Can you imagine how stupid you would feel? And so. You
0: know, the idea of of needing to get a large just to hedge against that, uh know. you know, seems like I mean seems wise. The, so the, the so moral, I, I, the, I agree I'm saying I agree with you guys. I agree I, with you guys. I take issue with the the large is
1: only a dollar more. Yes. Because yes. the large should have only ever cost a dollar. Like <laughs> there's not yeah. a dollar worth of anything in there. Yeah. So yep. Uh, to, to sort of rationalize it by saying, "Well, I'm already 750 into popcorn. It may <laughs> as well be
2: 850." Yeah, I, I think what... like for me, um, the, like honestly, I never used to buy popcorn too because uh, growing up, my family rarely went to the theater, and when we did, you can bet your ass we would not be buying anything right uh, at same, the theater. Same with me. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was only a thing like when I moved to New York and when I started like having to do this stuff a lot more. And uh, especially when I started using MoviePass and stuff too, like when the ticket price just seemed really low, it was like, oh, I, I got some extra money. Let's buy some popcorn. Uh, and then these problems come about. Uh, but I have to say the uh, – I tend to go for medium because I feel like that's sort of like my consumer – that's one thing I can do. Be like, okay, you, <laughs> I know you're gouging me for this, but I am not paying you that extra dollar. Okay, just to go large. I know you want me to, but this is this is my stand. All right, I know it doesn't mean anything,
0: but you know, so so. Kind of okay, difficult. guys, we can we can all agree that Mark is a monster in this situation. Yeah, like, there's, there's no yes. doubt about that. This <laughs> it's, it's just asked and answered. You know, like we don't need to go over it again. Right. The question <laughs> is. Does Felidia confront Mark? Like, is that something that you would confront your friend about if they kept that? I would mercilessly make
2: fun of my friend
0: <laughs> until <laughs> you, they – You would destroy yeah. his soul and yes. wear it down slowly. You wouldn't yes. confront him about it. That's though. basically oh, how we right. came up with the segment. Can't so. finish your popcorn. <laughs> so Just like knock you? it out of his hand. Oh, all <laughs> out of the popcorn? Might as well get a refill. <laughs> okay. Um, Jeff, do you have an opinion on whether she should confront Mark?
1: Uh, I, think, uh, I think I would probably not confront. Mm. Uh, I, I think I would be um, loath to sort of uh, make it an issue in our friendship. I and, agree. And, and, you know.
2: It actually kind of helps you as a friend, right? Because then you always have extra popcorn. Right? I agree. So long yeah.
0: as, like, Mark is paying for the popcorn the entire time. <laughs> then it's like, yep. okay. Then, then what is the net effect of that is this theater is getting extra money, right? My- Which is fine. Devendra uh,
1: Davindra yeah. brings up a very excellent point, which is what I would do
2: is,
0: <laughs>
1: hey, are you going to finish that? Yeah. If not, I didn't have to pay for popcorn, and now I get right. like, a third of a tub just for old me. Yeah.
2: Now, if Mark were bogarting that extra popcorn for no reason, uh, right. I, I would have a problem with that. Then words would have to be exchanged, right? Ba- bogarding means what, Davindra? I don't know, just the holding it all to himself. I like, see, keeping, hoarding keeping it. All right, it. yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so uh, the Slash Foam Court has ruled uh, that basically if you discount the waste element uh and you know how mark is helping to destroy the planet then really it just comes down to whether Felicity should confront mark the answer being uh not worth it because there's a lot of benefits that come from not confronting mark so i mean i think
1: i think devinger is in favor of ridicule yeah and yes. and uh, dave and i are just uh ha- content with the fact that he will slowly fall into financial ruin.
2: Yes, yes. This is true. The Slash Home Court has uh, ruled. Go, go ahead, Divindra. <laughs> That This is how obesity in America happens, by the way. Just just go large with everything,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. The Slash Home Court has ruled our verdict is final, uh, and the answer to this situation is do not confront. Do not confront.
1: <laughs> the only uh, other thing, the only other you know, recourse that she has is to secretly over-butter and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then he will, you know, you get the, the popcorn and just over butter. Yeah. And then
0: he'd be like, but what's what, worse what? though?
2: Over buttering or over salting?
0: I feel like over salting is, is brutal. Yeah. Over
2: buttering is yeah. way worse than over salting.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, we need we need like another slash film Nova/film court to decide this, Jeff. <laughs> anyway, thank you for writing in. Uh keep the slash film court emails coming into slash filmcast at gmail.com. Uh before we move on to what we've been watching, which we've got to speed through today, guys, because we are uh we are running out of time here. Uh wanted to mention that a bunch of people wrote in to talk about Run P. Uh I I'm pretty sure these same emails came in last time we talked yeah. about Run P, but basically we acknowledge all. Of this, there is yes. another way of using Run P that we didn't talk about last week on the Slash Homecast, This app that helps you know when to pee during the the movie is that you can uh, Run P has a uh, you know Ian writes in at gmail.com, Run P has a wait for phone flip feature where you put your phone to sleep with the screen facing up. Run P will tell you when to flip your phone, i.e., when a certain production logo appears. When that appears, you flip the phone and a timer will start. At each pee interval, the phone will vibrate, signaling that this is a good time to pee. You can quickly run to the bathroom, reading the synopsis provided on the way, or you can wait till the next available pee break. <laughs> the second method means you do not have to know any plot details, or more importantly, take out your phone and disturb other guests. Uh, okay, that's slightly better than taking your phone out, but... I it love still means your, your
2: phone vibrating. Yeah, it still
0: means your phone movies. is vibrating during the movie. So <laughs> I actually think the initial way we talked about of using run of like reading stuff before the movie like you are assuming spoiler risk onto yourself and i think that's what should happen uh, so i still think run is a very viable alternative i don't know if i like this like wait for phone flip feature given that it means the phone needs to vibrate in the theater
2: so. is, i do have to say that is a nice feature to have there yeah um but yeah, pretty ingenious i, I wouldn't use like it that.
0: yeah yeah it's it's very uh uh a lot Clever. of A lot of uh, ingenuity there. I agree.
2: Yeah. I I think people think we hate run pee. I don't. It's just more like the way... Like, I wouldn't... I don't... It doesn't work with the way I need to use the bathroom, you know, during
1: the movie. It also seems like vastly over a larger solution for a problem that shouldn't be that big
0: so, this <laughs> is true i like, mean if just you like practice? if you need to go to the bathroom just go you mean just, just go to the go, bathroom go before
2: <laughs> like hold you know yeah. put your stuff down hold your seat maybe you're there with a friend go to the bathroom like during like right before the trailer start or like that's what i tend to do right as the ticker counts down in the last five minutes before <laughs> the movie time go to the bathroom get back And when you get back like you missed some of that filler crap too so that's kind of nice yeah yeah anyway thanks for the emails keep them coming in to
0: slash all right we got a few what we've been watching this week to run through um so i've watched uh, a movie this week called morgan this is a uh, movie by director luke scott written by seth owen is out in the theaters uh expanding wide i think this friday when you're listening to this podcast and uh, it's about from IMDB a corporate risk management consultant must decide whether or not to terminate an artificially created humanoid being, uh, and this film stars uh, Kate Mara, Anya Taylor Joy, who's like completely unrecognizable from her role from the Witch, uh, Rose Leslie, Toby Jones, and uh, a bunch of other really talented people. I thought this movie was okay, you know I didn't think it was great. I right. thought it was a decent entry into the kind of thriller horror genre. Very predictable, but most uh, disappointingly, you know, we we just saw Don't Breathe. We've seen movies like Green Room this year, uh, where people behave in ways that are incredibly mm-hmm. smart. And, like, Jeff, you put it really well during a Green Room review. Like, they behave in ways you wish you could behave, like, if you were in that situation. Like, I wish I could have thought of this way to evade my captors, or I wish I could have thought of this way to make a weapon out of these items. And so the audience is a step behind the characters, and that's very exciting. You know, it keeps you really engaged, and it feels like the filmmakers trust you to, like, catch up. This movie, I feel like the characters are always, like, two to three steps behind the audience. They're doing... Stupid stuff like stuff that makes absolutely no sense, like Uh, letting
1: someone be awake at a certain part instead of not (laughs) being awake.
0: (laughs) I think like well here you know I I summed up the movie fussily Jeff. This is a movie where, uh, like Green Room, like is a really good comparison because like they both take place in one location. It's about like. Two forces that are facing off against each other. one are a lot like, of deadly. Ex Machina comparison. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't
1: know Ex Machina. Understand why you're not comparing it to Ex Machina? It's, ex it's,
2: Machina is good it's the as well. Same old. movie.
0: Uh, I I don't know I if mean, I agree basically. with that. I don't know if I agree with that. There's a lot more killing in Morgan. But anyway, the trailer
2: feels a lot like Ex Machina. Like that. Sure. sure that's how they're trying to sell it. Yeah. If sure, Oscar
1: but, but, Isaac was like a team of people instead of Oscar <laughs> Isaac, that's, that's yeah. The movie. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. You know, that's that's I can give you that. Uh, but what's interesting about like Green Room is. That there's no exposition whatsoever Like there's so little exposition The movie can occasionally be confusing And in this movie There's literally a scene Where Kate Mara is speaking with scientists You know Kate Mara is the risk management consultant And she's speaking with scientist Toby Jones And Toby Jones starts saying Well the, the Morgan program Is this And he starts explaining what it is And then Kate Mara says I know what the program is doctor You don't need to explain it to me And then Toby Jones Then continues to explain (laughs) it to her. Like, he just keeps going with the experience for the audience. I know. It's it's just, like, that sums up the entire movie. Like, it it is not, I I found, a particularly smart movie. It doesn't trust its audience very much, and I don't think it respects its audience very much. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought it was an okay thriller. Uh, it's not bad it has some good elements the performances are great love Anya Taylor-Joy like she's just so good in this movie Um, and like shows she has a lot of range when you compare it to her performance from The Witch the movie is beautiful like it's shot mostly in the forest and the cinematography is amazing Uh, but you know overall I thought it was just meh how about you Jeff Kanata you saw this movie too right
1: I did Um, I agree with you that it was not great Um, I think I probably didn't I I didn't not like it as much as you. Um, it, it's fine. It's uh, for me. I couldn't help but compare it to Ex Machina, and Ex Machina is the far superior film. But having said that, there are some really interesting things that happen, uh, and there's in particular there's one scene with Paul Giamatti that I found to be riveting. I really, I mean, as kind of. Uh, illogical as it may have yeah, been. Yeah, I mean,
0: she's kind of makes some stupid decisions in that Yeah, scene. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
1: But it's still like the as just a sort of dialogue scene, yeah. I was on the edge of my seat throughout, and I thought it was so well executed, even if it was set up in a kind of bonehead way. Um, but But, you know, the movie is odd in the sense that it's it, it is very ex machina. It's like it's this sort of cerebral thriller about ooh, what what would it be like? What what is scientists and everything? And then anytime an action scene breaks out, it's like oh, we all know kung fu for some reason. Everybody's <laughs> military trained with fighting. Um, so there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of what? Why would they do? That's dumb. But I don't think it was a terrible movie, and I actually found some interesting sequences that made it worthwhile.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, and tons of talent, uh, as you mentioned. I, the the talent, talent is amazing. Like, this cast is spectacular. Uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is in this movie for some reason. Yeah, for like Play, five minutes. Playing <laughs> the same exact character that she plays in The Hateful Eight. Yeah, she's uh, just making uh, <laughs> a career out of getting the crap kicked out of her. It's so weird. It's so yeah. weird. And uh, Michelle Yeoh is in this movie. She looks like she has not aged since Supercop. Uh, it's, ama- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Um the, the cast is amazing I thought the movie is just okay it's a it's a decent genre thriller and in a week where Don't Breathe is out in theaters it, for me it is impossible to recommend mm. because I just Brian thought Brian Cox is in this movie for some reason like it's amazing Brian Cox playing okay I'm not I'm not going to say yeah. what role he's playing because he would give it away but you know he's played a role in it's another action franchise that is like quite similar to this <laughs> in terms of its themes and uh, we can you know yeah. If you know what I'm talking about, you'll, you'll get it. For an
2: indie movie, this thing has, has a lot of like
0: big names in it. Yeah. That's yeah. surprising.
2: Well, when you're Ridley Scott's son,
0: I think you can call uh. on a few favors. Anyway, uh, so that is Morgan. It is going to be out in theaters this Friday. It's expanding wider this Friday. And uh, Jeff liked it. I thought it was okay. Uh, it's not bad. It's just not great, in my opinion. Jeff Kanata, you've been watching some stuff this week, right?
1: Well, um, I put the word out
0: on Twitter...
1: Uh, the other night, that uh, the wife and I were looking for something great to watch, and uh, lo and behold, I got a lot of great recommendations. Did
0: you get lo and behold as a recommendation the new <laughs> Werner Herzog internet documentary? I got lo I and I
2: want to see that. Want to see that? Uh,
0: no, thank you. That is out on video on demand. So check that no, out. No, our,
1: our own Davinja Hardwar swooped in like a cinematic Superman and uh, delivered an absolute gem of a recommendation. Of course, I'd heard him talk about this yeah. movie on this actually show. i don't think
2: it was me who made it that recommendation then i thought you were referring to me talking about it on the show jeff but i think somebody else mentioned sing street but whoever it was is, no, is a genius. Or,
1: well Maybe several people else. mentioned sing yeah. street but i think you mentioned it also mm-hmm. by by tweet and you yeah. had also talked about it on the show and higher and, and spoke of it highly uh, yeah. i honestly didn't know what it was uh, I knew that it had to do with music, because Sing is in the title. But um, I had no idea really what it was. I just sort of blindly took Devendra at his recommendation, and several other people had said it was great. Uh, and we rented it, and uh, it might be my favorite movie of the year. Whoa! It, yeah. It is... Have you seen it yet, Dave?
0: I have not seen Sing Street I think yet, you'll no. enjoy it, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I will. It's absolutely
1: wonderful. It is, it is definitely going to make my top whatever of the year. It is so joyous and magical it's from the director uh, that did Once uh, mm-hmm. it's an Irish film and it takes place in 1985 I believe mid 80s and it's about a group of kids in uh, in a sort of um, religious very very staid religious school uh, that decide they're going to make they're going to be a rock band and uh, and, and it, they're very much influenced by the music of their day so it's this 80s rock band And the music in the movie is phenomenal. I mean, my wife downloaded the soundtrack. We've been listening to it nonstop since. Um, And it has such a heart. And the, the performances from the kids across the board are just wonderful. This eclectic band of kids. And really what the movie is about is that feeling you had when you were a kid where anything was possible. You could create something out of nothing. It, mm-hmm. You didn't even have the self-awareness to even recognize whether it was good or bad. You just put your whole self into it. At least I did when I was a kid. You know, We got together and we made movies or we just invented things or played games in the backyard and just believed in it 100 percent and it was everything. And it really speaks – the movie really speaks to the power of art and what yeah, art yeah. can do and how, what what place it, it is in society and how much it can mean to young people uh, and there's a, a, an older brother in the movie that I think is one of the great characters in cinema, I will say, <laughs> because he just yeah. is like supportive and awesome. And the, the kids come from a the main kid kind of comes from a broken home. And the older brother like he's just a stand up guy and like takes him under his wing and decides he needs to learn about music. And it's such a wonderful, beautiful, amazing movie. I just absolutely adore it.
2: It, right. is, it is the follow up to Once that we were waiting for. Uh, I liked Begin Again, but it, it, that movie felt like a Once remake. This is something it has traces of Once Again, but uh, you yeah, it's it, it is something new and different. Uh, not just like the spirit of like young creativity. It's the idea of like you think you have something to give to the world, and school is a prison. Right. Like whatever you're in, is it's just not great. But you have this like bit of hope, like your talent and your friends and what you can do to kind of break out of it and build your own world. And I think that's fascinating.
1: And it's a bit of a fairy tale. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the kids are like way better at doing it than I think
2: they would be in real life. They're you know, great like, at every song on their first take. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean,
1: they're, And they're amazing at writing. They're, everything is, they're great at everything all the time. <laughs> Um, But that's okay. Like it's okay because it it does have a fairy tale and there are long sequences of just sort of, um, you know, um, uh, almost dream sequences of what it is like in their heads or whatever. And we're just in this wonderful world where things are good and people are good and it's a it will fill you with joy.
0: I Mm -hmm. heartily recommend it. Divindra, it sounds like you're also really hot on it as well. Oh, yeah. It is going to be
2: in my top ten, yeah.
0: Great. Sing Street, uh, it's available right now on Video On Demand,
2: right? Yeah. Watch it, Dave. Yeah, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I want to mention one thing before we we end this whole uh, what we've been watching segment. Uh, I did see um, one of the most interesting things I saw this week is uh, the Movies with Mikey segment. About Interstellar, and I, if you guys aren't haven't heard of this, Movies with Mikey is a great uh, YouTube show uh, by this guy Mikey Newman. He's a writer at Gearbox, and he just you know, he just kind of dives into movies, especially older films, and kind of tries to find some meaning in them. I found I, I thought his Interstellar episode was fantastic and was a great like um, I don't know exploration and a, a great view of like what I really loved about the film and which the film itself didn't really even explain well on its own but i think his view of it is great and really what makes me want to rewatch the film so check that out for sure
0: all of his episodes awesome so I'll good recommend. yeah uh, yeah that's the interstellar uh episode of movies with mikey i'm a huge fan of that youtube channel uh, he's the only one i watch pretty much at this point oh interesting um yeah, yeah i mean there's many very talented uh, mm-hmm. video essayists i would say like probably the two preeminent ones are tony zoo who does every frame of painting mm-hmm. And Nerdwriter, great, uh, talented commentators on the art of film. Movies of Mikey also definitely uh, rising these days. Uh, Interstellar episode was not my favorite, I'm going to admit. But I I have... You really don't have kids yet dave it's cuz i don't have kids i mean <laughs> yeah. i readily admit um but uh you, you know and like you know i'm not a huge fan of interstellar and that that review the mo- video essay did not convince me that the movie's i just I, than I, thought I thought it was, was
2: interesting in the way that it, it definitely confronts i think what most people had issues with with interstellar and uh, kind of like how love plays into all of it but in terms of like how I I don't know like maybe other things Christopher Nolan was trying to say or the bigger messages the movie was trying to you know have in there uh, I I thought that exploration was fantastic so at least worth worth watching this episode.
0: All right. Uh, well, that's the Movies of Mikey YouTube page. We'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, and that's what we've been watching this week. Let's get to our review of Don't Breathe. But before we do that, got to thank all the people that donated to our podcast this week. Nicholas E. from Chicago Heights, Illinois. Torgir H. from Norway, uh, who is a longtime donor. Veronique L from the United Arab Emirates, who gave a very generous donation, Daniel R. from Falls Church, Virginia, who also gave a very generous donation, and Kevin Hanna, who signed up to donate each month with a uh, a PayPal payment profile. Really appreciate that. Thanks also to subscribers at the rate of $2 per month, Stephen Lucero, Robert Terry, Jordy Ross Conley, Daniel Runestrom, and Pash Charlotte. Thank you so much for your contributions. If you want to support what we do here on the podcast and help us defray the costs of seeing films and putting on the show, go to slashfilm.com, click on the slashfilmcast tab and use the PayPal links on the side of the page. Gentlemen, let's get to our review of Don't Breathe.
2: The lips look sore. That's how you're making your cash out there? (laughs) What do you say you and I move away from mom together?
1: It's a promise. You're
2: leaving? Yeah, as soon as I have the money.
1: Why are you coming back? Never yo i got our ticket out of here rumor is this guy is sitting on at least 300k Boom. that's her guy wait is he blind you messed up to rob a blind guy isn't it just because he's blind don't mean he's insane bro
0: that was from the trailer of don't breathe uh the newest film by director feta alvarez who directed the 2013 remake of Evil Dead. Davinder, I think you caught this one, right?
2: Did you catch that movie? Yeah, I, li- I, I like that uh, Evil Dead remake. Uh, it wasn't as, like, I don't know iconic as the original, but he brought some really great imagery to that story.
0: I'm going to read the plot summary from IMDb for Don't Breathe. Uh, a group of friends break into the house of a wealthy blind man thinking they'll get away with the perfect heist. They are very wrong. Now, Jeff Kanata, I had seen the trailer for this film multiple times, and it always got an amazing reaction out of the crowd. And so this movie was not even on my radar like six weeks ago oh really Uh, but i saw the trailer and i was so impressed with it because there's yeah there's so many amazing moments in that trailer uh that i was just like oh this it shot to the top of my most anticipated films Mm -hmm. of the summer list uh but i knew what the premise was i knew what to expect going in you did not know anything about don't breathe going in so what was that experience like seeing it uh completely fresh other was, and other than how awesome the fresh experience was was just tell us about you <laughs> Hey, you framed it that way. I didn't frame it that way. Sure, but like um, you know, like what what surprised you about uh about this movie?
1: It, it is it is an awesome experience yeah. watching this movie. It I mean, never has there been a more apt title for a film. Yeah uh, because I don't think I did breathe <laughs> uh for large swaths of this film. Um it, yeah and what is so amazing about this movie is how simple and beautiful the premise is. You read the premise just now and and as you are led into this film you are you, I mean it is a blind man's house these kids are going to break into it seems like a bad idea but the the premise it is just a pure exploration of when things go bad, what do you do? I love movies like this. I have said it many times on the show. My favorite kinds of, well, not my favorite, but you know one of my favorite types of movie are the die Hard in a blank. It's a guy or a person or a group of people. You know we talked about this with Green Room. We talked about this uh, there's there are a whole bunch of movies like this. Average folks. People who are not extraordinary particularly find themselves in an extraordinary situation and you place yourself as the viewer in that person's shoes and you go, what would I do? How would I deal with this? And you hope as the viewer that they do smart things. They would – they <laughs> behave in ways that you either would do or or are smarter or like, oh my gosh, I wish I could think of that or even better, you – uh, you know, you they don't do things that you would never do. Right. Like that's the that's the most important part, is not not is not to do the stupidest thing that nobody would do in that situation, right? We kind of talked about this earlier in the show a little bit. Uh don't breathe is an amazing movie, and I almost because you know there's an old uh Audrey Hepburn movie called Wait Until Dark, right? Where It's a horror movie as well and – based on a play and uh, she's blind and people break into her house and what's she going to do, right? There is a version of this movie for most of it that is from the old dude's perspective that is just as interesting a movie. Like a blind man in his house and three hooligans break in. What's he going to do? Like – the, it's so awesome that for a large portion of this movie, you can sympathize with the villain. You can sympathize with the scary bad guy type because he's legitimately trying to defend himself from thieves. So the movie has a, a whole range of emotions that you are brought through because, like, he's supposed to be the vulnerable one. He's a blind guy, <laughs> Yeah. right? He's supposed to be <laughs> – but also, you know, we've all played that video game. Uh, you know, we've all played the ones with, with the clickers that can't see you. And if you make a noise, they'll come rushing at you. So we've all felt that experience of like, okay, just be quiet. Be stealthy. Just be- And this movie delivers that tension in such an incredible way. And people do smart things and they try to get out of it. And it, it is such a pure exploration of just that moment of – being in that situation and how do you get out of it and what do you do and when shit goes bad, what happens? I have some quibbles and I will bring them up in spoilers, but overall, I was blown away by this movie. I
0: really liked it. Divendra, hardware, your thoughts?
2: Oh yeah, I loved it as well. Uh, I think it's a perfect. It's it just feels like a, a solid thriller. You know, this is everything I want out of horror thrillers. Uh, something that really uses tension very well. Uh, and it does feel like there, there's a rhythm to this film that is really interesting too like it evokes the best horror movies have you guys seen uh, The People Under the Stairs the Wes Craven movie I saw the movie in theaters yeah yeah. But, there, there's, a, there's, there's a lot there's that, that kind of vibe of uh, I, the, yeah.
0: the camera techniques like uh, there's uh, a couple shots that look like uh, David Fincher's Panic Room. That kind of yeah. the camera is mm-hmm. just drifting from room to room, like uh, free floating. Like there's you and know, going
2: through the floor. Yeah, and, going yeah. through the floor. Like it's very. You guys panic should movie. really see uh, that Evil Dead remake, just because uh, you, you know how that story's going to go. But the way Fede Alvarez and his cinematographer Indale shoot it. It's just really interesting. So yeah, I love his visual I'm planning sense.
0: On, I'm planning on revisiting it now because yeah. this movie is so good.
2: I just love um, his visual sense. So he uses yeah. that really well here. And the characters are all really sympathetic. I almost sort of wonder, too, if they had marketed this movie as a movie about a blind guy facing a house you know, invasion and how he would deal with it. Because this is basically a reverse house invasion movie. So... I as soon as I saw this trailer, I was just kind of in love with this premise, so I'm glad that it lived up to all of that. Um, yeah, I have some issues as well. Nothing that breaks the movie for me, but I think some choices that maybe would have ramped up the tension even more. Yeah. But this is definitely a great movie to see in theaters with a great audience.
0: Je- Jeff already put it really well, so uh, I don't even know how much more I can add. I will say that uh, there are a few things I really liked about the movie that uh, I don't know that Jeff uh, emphasized in his review, but I thought the sound design and the cinematography were excellent, Uh specifically because I feel like they were meant to evoke uh, the experience of, like, being blind in the sense Mm -hmm. that you hear every breath that the characters take. And you're just hoping that, uh, you know, the the main villain – does not hear and it, it, it really ramps up the tension in a really interesting way uh, there's a lot of texture to this movie too like shallow depth of field like ultra close up because a lot of the way that uh, the blind person gets around played by Stephen Lang is via touching things you know and so he touches things and moves around his house very adeptly and uh, the cinematography really kind of brings out that element in a way that I thought uh, was super compelling So, so I thought like just Technique wise it was super mm-hmm. impressive uh, and Jeff, you brought up video games as like a comparison I think uh, certainly just like the idea of like these three people going up against this this big bad the, like video game element uh, is similar, but also beyond that the uh, the way the plot is structured it every sort of event leads to another event in a way that I felt was really organic like this house is. Kind of like all the levels, and you need to like advance through the levels, and maybe sometimes backtrack through levels you've already been through in order to get to the finish. And uh, just the way that the the momentum of the film, I thought, was really uh, was really well done. Just like you you were never bored, and you never Mm -hmm. felt like you arrived at a certain situation because the script demanded it. It almost felt like always. that every development was organic. So it I always surprised us yeah. in yeah. You,
2: in like very organic ways too, which yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and and the logic of the locks was all very clear yep. 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 and like nothing felt contrived, nothing felt like, well, we got to keep these people here, so let's contrive away. It all really made sense like, oh, of course he would do that. Yeah. Of course they would yeah. do that. You know, like it, it it was it was very tight that way and it never it never was jarred out of like, well, that was that's a dumb move. Exactly. It, everybody behaved in a way that really made sense
0: agreed agreed all right guys let's get to spoilers for don't breathe starting right now now you're looking for the secret should to see this coming no but you won't find it because of course you're not going to see this coming you're not really looking i have been puzzling over how it works you don't really want to work it out who's in the box i have been dying to tell you i want to tell you my secret now
1: you want to be fool.
0: So
2: one of my biggest beefs. So the turkey movie, baster in the <laughs>
0: <mouth>. <laughs> One of my biggest beefs of the movie is you know that the ending of the film, uh, or a, as you get closer to the end, yeah. it, it becomes less morally complex. Things right? exactly. <laughs> because yeah. because the guy is 100%. clearly a bad guy, and, <laughs> uh, and you know what he's doing with the turkey baster and the imp- the insemination that stuff is like.
2: So no one can root up. for that. No one can root for that character at that point. Yeah, right? I know. I, I, I
1: was very that, disappointed by that. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. At I, that I, point, you probably do need a clear good and bad guy, though, like to deal because you, you know, know, need it, it, it really if you're really a conventional. If you're a conventional horror film, film you need that. Yeah. But
0: I thought this movie was like unconventional, and it would have been like really like a morally gray area. Like, who am I rooting for? You know, what's
2: going yeah. on there?
1: A hundred percent. I I really would have loved that because for so much of it, I was like, this guy should be our hero. Like he's. He's amazing. <laughs> he, he's fucking taking out these yeah. robbers
2: with and Stephen Lang is great in this too. Yeah, man. Uh,
1: yeah, and and it's it it really is a bummer that it becomes so so clear <laughs> and so uh, unequivocal that he's a monster I because guess, I
2: mm-hmm.
1: I love that we didn't we didn't need any supernatural stuff to be scared. We didn't need any you know it didn't it didn't have to raise itself into this weird genre place to be a very effective genre
0: thriller mm-hmm. agreed agreed completely yeah. uh, here's another beef i have with the movie guys uh, yeah. and actually someone in the chat room yeah i think you're gonna bringing, say what i'm gonna say too, is- right which is like this movie like many other horror films uh buckeye jet 555 in the chat room brings up this movie like many other horror films starts in media res mm-hmm. uh where it basically shows you a scene from almost the end of the film in the first few moments yeah. and uh, I, I, you know, I host. Another, I host yeah. another podcast um, called "The Ones Who Knock" about Breaking Bad, and like, there was a massive flash forward in the final season of Breaking Bad, uh-huh. and we spent hours, me and John Robinson, hours arguing about whether that is an effective storytelling technique. I, I advocated that it was not, and she thought it was fine, uh, and I ultimately was like, I ultimately came to peace with it you know i I ultimately was okay with it
2: because
0: people wrote in and they said that when you show a flash forward like that a bunch of mysteries are gone right like exactly like a bunch of mysteries are gone like is this person you know going to die no they're not going to die if you see them alive in the flash forward uh but that they're replaced those mysteries that are gone are replaced With a bunch of other mysteries. Like, how did the person get in that situation? Blah, blah, blah. Now, in Breaking Bad, I thought that's fine. Like, there's all these questions of, oh, yeah, how did Walt wind up in that situation? But in this movie, you don't even know any of the characters yet. Before they introduce, like, this in-media res thing.
2: Well, also, and, yeah, what it, it shows you is a guy, it shows you Stephen Lang's character dragging, dragging the it, girl And admittedly a
0: spectacular shot. It's like, a it looks great like a, shot. It looks like a drone shot. That's a great shot. way to yeah. open
2: a movie, but it also, it is, yeah, it's bad for the story because it would have been better if we just, like, we we discovered with the kids, like, the level of this guy's insanity rather well, than I, knowing that I, right now. I
1: really now. thought I was going to be the only person that had a big problem with that, uh, and I'm <laughs> glad to hear you guys are on that same page, too. But I will tell you, my experience with it, what i think i i didn't want that to be the case so badly that at a certain point in the movie i convinced myself <laughs> like i couldn't remember <laughs> Which girl it was? I was like, okay. was that maybe the dark-haired girl? Because I couldn't remember. Right. Was she light-haired or
2: dark-haired? Maybe it that was a, it. Well, it doesn't matter if it was this girl or another girl. It still shows us like this guy is insane. I, I, yeah, you know? I
0: did not. I did not get that from it, Devendra. Like I actually, so Jeff, having seen the trailer, I recognized the girl immediately. Yeah, and uh, so you know, another disadvantage watching the trailer. But also, I think the biggest downside for me in seeing that last in, in seeing that scene first was that I it, heavily is hinted through that scene that the other two dudes don't survive, you know? And yeah. that yeah. is a big bummer for
2: me. Because I, I don't know about that.
0: You, it's I, I saw, I saw that scene and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm guessing the other two dudes like don't survive in some way, you know? I and that's kind of,
2: I, I mean, I guess that feels like you're, it is a step forward because any, literally anything else could have happened to the other guys. That's true. You know,
0: it's true. And it's true. Yeah. And you're, like, you're, he you're could right. just
2: have caught, captured her and they could have run away. They could have, like, done something else, you But know? then my
0: mind is like, why are they showing this at all? You know, like, why Why did yeah. they show us this unless so, to make that point?
2: And I think that, we all have the same problem. It's yeah. like, why are you showing this to me? And then our brains go off and start trying to, like, figure out this puzzle because that's what our brains do. Right. And I, my big problem is that it immediately sets up the fact that this old blind dude is uh, is a crazy person. Or right. some sort of, like, what is, like, yeah, that yeah. is a murderer move, you know?
0: Yeah. And here's the thing. The move, the movie, art, like, if you put that scene aside, the movie already starts in a pretty exciting yep. way. I mean, yep. like, uh, they break into this house. And the, I, I love that the kid has, like, figured out a way to do it in a way that, you know, is legally uh, less risky than if they just broke and in and so took a so of stuff. so
1: great yep. that the yeah. movie, the way the movie lays out that information, yeah. it, oh. there's no scene where he's, like, Here's how we do it, guys, yeah. because my dad works at the place and we have the like it just shows it yep. and we get it. And yep. the movie's like that with everything. Like yeah. we get the whole backstory of the the uh you know of uh, Lang's character, I think in a, such an elegant way. It's not it's not shoved down our throats with exposition. We we kind of are just piecing it together for the most part. So it's great.
0: Uh, 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 yeah, but going back to that that note about Lang's character uh, the fact that he has a woman chained up in his basement, you know, firstly, I almost crapped myself when that scene <laughs> happened. Like, the w- the woman jumps out, you know, of the darkness at them. Yeah. Who, by the way, happens to have a newspaper clipping explaining who she is. That's very convenient. Um, but, I mean, it's true. that is very disturbing. Uh, and it, it felt, you know, very cartoony. Uh, like, an evil cartoony. I, I don't mean, like, SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, cartoony. I just mean, like, over the top in a way yeah. that like it, <laughs> i mean in a way that like the rest of the film felt so kind of grounded almost mm-hmm. even though it, it is like a, a weird premise the, the rest of the film felt like very believable to me it, i
2: mean it's a big moment because it escalates what sort of movie this yeah, is right? it, it, like, it, it takes becomes, it to a different level agreed yeah, it becomes a monster movie yeah, yeah. that's right that's right but, but i i was fine with that because i think the movie acquitted itself well to that but it's It does other things too, right? Like those smooth camera moves you mentioned, Dave, like going through the house and everything. Do we need to see the gun under the bed? I don't. Well, I don't even a, know why show us that. Like, a good thing, I think I'm, I'm much yeah. less bothered
0: by that than by the uh, you know by the other thing. I think it's, it's to like, show that there's danger in the
1: house when they enter it. Right? Yeah, I, there, there is yeah. a
0: function to showing those things. It, it, you know, Chekhov's gun. The idea that like you're creating foreboding. You know, that's fine. I think the opening flash forward was useless, but I think like that is mm-hmm. is completely fine with that's me. Useless. Um, but it,
2: it like to me like for a movie that is so smart about how it builds tension. Uh, revealing the gun also, I think, removes a little bit of that. It's like, okay, you know, this guy has a thing, rather than uh, potential threats coming out of nowhere, which to me are, are a little scarier. I don't know. Another random
0: thing that, the, like, for me, doesn't make sense. I mean, again, I disagree with you on the gun, but um, I am not aware of safes that display the number like <laughs> after you enter it in. Really <laughs> shitty safe. Feels like uh, uh,
2: feels like that safe company needs to. Uh, I don't know. I think that was bits. a uh, that's like one of those hotel safes. So you know it's not good. You know anybody could really get through that if they tried. So maybe he just you yeah. Didn't and, they have, and they could have they could have done it another technology. way. Like they could have just had her see
0: the number. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a big yeah. deal. It's just a minor. It's not hit. a huge one. I um, my I question wonder was, why a guy
2: like this though. Um, why does he even have a security system? Yeah, <laughs> you know, because like if anything Same happens, thought. the cops come and yeah, <laughs> they break in. They find the woman in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that is correct,
1: Avintra. That makes no sense. <laughs> no, that's. I, I thought that at the end, like the big win at the end is she yeah. sets off the security system that he installed. So <laughs> he doesn't want that to ever happen. Like that's the thing that he doesn't I, want to have happen. How is that he ever inst- helpful
2: to him? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, that's her yeah. big. That's her big smart move is to finally fucking set off the alarm system that he had installed in his house. Um, but also, do dogs behave that way? Are dogs <laughs> like that? He trained them to
2: kill.
0: Yeah, you know. he can. He can train the dog. That that doesn't bother me. There are a few sequences in this movie that we should like mention that I think uh-huh. are like pretty spectacular. One is the scene that takes place completely in the dark, which yes. looks like it was shot like with infrared or something like that. And the transition. Uh, into the transition into is very subtle, and it just they you know they don't explain it. Uh, it just happens, and brilliant. it's super. And you, get, as the viewer, you just get it. You don't need mm-hmm. it explained to you. You just get what's going on. And uh, it's super scary. It's super scary and really well done. Uh, Love the scene at the end with the car and the dog. Like... Mm her figuring out how to favorite mine why was that why is that jeff
1: <laughs> because i just didn't believe the dog would be so goddamn tenacious yeah, to my, yeah, yeah. Dogs are
2: vicious,
0: if you buy that if you buy yeah. it then i think like the way she resolves that situation is really awesome mm-hmm. now whether stephen lang could just find her based on sound is a different question um, he followed the dog
2: sound yeah,
0: based on dog sound is a different question but maybe he knows the neighborhood really well um I did like. I also liked, you know, that that uh, money used a GoPro to like detect what neighborhood activity was. That's you know, great. Like, that was kind of cool great surveillance. Yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot, lot of could, cool,
2: scary things you could do. Cool elements.
0: Thing. Like they, they just were really yeah. smart about. Even though horrible things happened, they were really smart about how they went about it. Uh, overall. Except for yeah. the idea
1: of, like, let's break in while the old man's still there. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a dumbass well, idea. Well,
2: he was a shut-in, Jeff. He, very,
0: he rarely left, so... Right. I, well, I, I well, like their little
2: plan to gas him, too. That was actually yeah. really... That was... And they, didn't
0: even, expi- they didn't even explain yeah. that. You know, they just did it. Uh, and they didn't
1: explain why it didn't work, either.
2: He's too hardcore, man. He's too hardcore. He's
1: too
0: hardcore. He's
2: too hardcore. He was on um, Pandora, okay? <laughs> <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> so, what did you YouTube guys think
0: of the very last... Like, two minutes of this film. I mean, mm. classic horror movie ending. You don't know if the dude's, like, going to come get them. But then it's like, well, how is he going to come get them? You know, like, yeah. outside of the house, you know, like, what is he going to do? Don't right? breathe, too. Don't breathe internationally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, I was chilled at the end. You know, I, I thought it was, it was a very Those effective Those are the best
2: ending. horror endings, aren't they? Like, where it just it keeps going, right? The ring, the shining... It's a very it similar like, ending
0: to it follows actually. Um, but yeah, yeah it, like it's a cool ending where it's unresolved and you know maybe there will be a sequel. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, any other thoughts on this film, guys?
2: It sounds like we all really were huge fans of it and really enjoyed uh, it. Uh, I just want to say uh, Jane Levy, who plays the lead Rocky, I I love her in general. Like she's been in a couple movies. She was in Suburgatory, um, great actress, and I, I thought she did really well here. And I love how this movie. It, it, despite the opening shot being kind of terrible, it is beautiful in a way, and yeah. it really uses like the destruction of Detroit um, in really interesting ways. It doesn't really say anything about it, but I also think like it presents it probably in a better way than It Follows does, too. Because that movie was all about the suburbs kind of coming into the city and being like, oh, man, this is the city scary. Um, whereas this one feels more like these kids actually live here and, you know, they're just trying to deal with the destruction of the city around them. A
0: lot of movies using Detroit uh, horror movies using Detroit in yeah. a pretty effective way. Uh, this movie is no different. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the movie was beautiful uh, as well. Like the way it uses lighting in the house mm-hmm. uh, was awesome. I've never
1: seen text messages revealed with <laughs> focus like that. I thought that was pretty cool. What do you mean um, with yes. focus? You know how they would it would it would rack focus on on from left to right over the oh, over yeah. the text message. So yeah. you would you'd be able to read it because. You know, it came into focus uh, across the, the surface of the phone. Pretty neat. Um, I also, there's one moment that made me love this movie even more. And that is when the, the kid with a conscience goes, fuck this, I'm out. Yes. And then yeah. does leave. Like he legit leaves. And if that gunshot doesn't go off, he, he's gone. Like he was right. gone. Yeah. You know, and that never happens in these movies where the guy, like, mm-hmm. he, he does the thing that you're supposed to do in that situation. Yeah. Like, he recognizes that it's wrong. We're in over our heads. Fuck this. I'm out. Gone. And he would have been gone. But the gunshot goes off, and now he's worried about his friends. Yeah. I, I just yeah. thought that was so well done.
2: Yeah. Really smart, really smart. That kid though, Dylan Minnette's character, he uh he survives a lot of things. I just found <laughs> yeah. that kind of funny after a point. Like he I mean yeah. that's
1: horror movie too, is like yeah. Then
0: you're you're fine. I, you Survives know, I, all the things. Yeah, I, this well, is, this
2: movie is a spectacular
0: B movie. I would say. Yes. I, I, yeah, I I did not think it was like an overall masterpiece just because I think it hews too closely to genre conventions. Like it, it is a little bit too over the top in certain elements. Like their situation is so destitute and sad you know with the parents like
2: oh god making fun of her like sexual proclivities the guy has a has a swastika tattoo yeah it's just
0: it's so bad it's so (laughs) it's so over the top and then you know the whole turkey baster and insemination all that stuff (laughs) it's so over the top that it's like it prevents it from being a movie that i can take quote unquote seriously um but it is like Really, really exceptionally well made. I
2: and, I can see what you're saying, but I also yeah. at the same time I don't I don't care if the movie isn't interested in doing that because I love B movies and I love really well done B movies. Agreed, agreed. And yeah, the, this comes out of Sam Raimi's house. You know, it's like he Fede Alvarez is sort of like one of his little proteges, and uh, I love like this is what I loved from Sam Raimi growing up, and I love that he's like still able to like help these ideas kind of you know live on. So that was uh, that's pretty cool to me.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, so, I. I I totally agree with you, Dave, I, I, and I also agree with you, Davinci. I think, and it, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a movie I could easily recommend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't, I, you know, I couldn't help but compare it to Ten Cloverfield Lane, for example, mm-hmm. which it, I feel is just a little bit more complete, a movie, a little yeah, bit more ambitious, yeah. a movie. You know what I mean?
2: Better character but, work for sure. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, that is a character piece with like it feels like almost like a play with horror elements. Right. Whereas you know this feels more like you know a. A horror film with some character development right, right. <laughs> uh and so i think 10 cloverfield lane is a better film uh this movie though did thrill me more just because mm-hmm. of how it uh was made you know it's like, i
2: mean yeah on a technical it's level the, like the set piece
0: quite... like the the mm-hmm. set piece like it feels like the set pieces come like one right after the other mm-hmm. uh now did you guys last question before we wrap up for tonight did you guys like physically react to this movie because i found myself like involuntarily exclaiming things <laughs> yeah uh during I, the film yeah. i was like oh I, shit like uh, you know when the dog like jumped up
2: on the window <laughs> I, or when the dog or, jumped into the air vents like oh my god oh yeah that is, was so intense yeah
0: um, and uh I like, and when, the, uh, like there's, there's numerous times when she would open they'd be like trying to open a door and they would yeah. just finish opening it and then Stephen lang would
2: bust through it and the one when they were in yeah. the basement like almost almost out you knew something bad was going to happen yeah. but you thought Stephen lang was going to come in from the basement and said he does the smart thing and he knows where they're going right so he goes to the front yeah, like that yeah, yeah. the movie outsmarts us in some ways which is great yeah
1: yeah and the sequence where he's laying on that um, glass. skylight. Yeah. And it's cracking, and Steven oh. Le- like is right above him. I can't see him, doesn't know he's there. So good. Oh,
0: so, it, and uh, I felt like it was like a callback to Steven Spielberg's Lost World, that scene with, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with that woman on the glass uh, uh, as well.
2: Yeah. The That's biggest
0: reaction from my audience, though, was definitely Turkey Baster getting shoved into Steven Mike's oh, yeah. mouth. Awful. Yeah.
2: <laughs> did not eat. did not need that not is eat. but that's perfect thriller material like i like that that level of excess you you could love it or hate it um no, if that you're was gonna Chekhov's have a shitty like that. i don't i don't like the threat of rape being used like that in films in general yeah but if you're gonna do that like that that's sort of like i don't know way to one-up <laughs> the perpetrator is if, if you're going to do in, it like, you might yeah. as well just go all out go all the way like just, no, yeah just with it. the
0: whole revenge fantasy and everything exactly
1: it was, it's, it's Chekhov's baster you gotta fulfill oh the,
0: man
2: uh, the way it was dripping it, and everything? Oh, oh, oh it, man. Some people was,
0: did – a couple of people pointed out to me on Twitter, like, there is some continuity issues with it, though. Yeah. Like, in one shot, there was just, like, a little bit of fluid in it. And then in the <laughs> next shot, it was, like, completely full.
1: Well, oh, the so. idea that he would decide <laughs> that night to do that, like, not check to see if she's ovulating. You know, <laughs> theoretically, he's got – Hey, man, amount. he doesn't know yeah. how this works. He's got a limited amount of that stuff on hand, right? He's not going to waste it just because he needs to do this right away. He's just a punisher.
0: Yeah. He's okay. not a
1: rapist, guys. He says that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: okay. We're done, guys. Almost <laughs> okay. Well, one thing one thing over. I did want to mention though, uh, it seemed really weird to have a movie set in Detroit right now. And I think which is Uh, a big part of the reason Detroit is having a lot of issues too, like the the government's falling apart. Um, A lot of the population has just left. Uh, It does seem strange to have a movie like this with no people of color in it. That did strike a little odd. Like, just Mm -hmm. give me a couple people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, there's only like four characters in it, so. I know. um,
2: I know. It's just, it it is one of those things. Like, oh, man, you're showing Detroit, like the true destruction of Detroit, and isn't it such a sad state of America? And it's like, ah. I just, that's one thing. I, I wish they had tried a little harder.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm always for more diversity in films, although uh, I think we can safely say this movie does not accurately show the horrors that people in Detroit face today. Yes. There <laughs> is
2: well, we don't know what's actually going
0: on there. <laughs> that's so. true. That's true. Uh, all right. Uh, anyway, that's our review of Don't Breathe. Great time at the movies. I'm actually planning on going to see it again because it was such an awesome experience. Probably one of my favorite movie-going experiences of the year. See it in theaters, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah man. definitely worth seeing in theaters. I'm movie. so glad this movie's a hit, uh, and is making tons of money at the well, box office. Well, also,
2: something had to take down Suicide Squad, right?
0: And I'm glad it was a really well-made thriller. So, mm-hmm. uh, All right, that's our uh, episode. Stay tuned
2: here. i will be reviewing next week. In the meantime, Divin, your hardware, hard work working to find more of your work on the internet this week. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Davindra. Uh, I write about tech at Engadget.com, and we just restarted the Engadget podcast. And I forgot to mention last week, I, I was there in studio uh, at the Twit studios for their last taping uh, of the uh, of this week in tech at their first studio. So check that out. That's like two weeks old, I think. Jeff Canada.
1: You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I have a couple other shows you can check out. If you want to hear about video games, check out my show, DLC, which you can find at 5 5tv slash DLC. And I have a comedy science show called We Have Concerns, which you can find at wehaveconcerns.com.
0: And uh, you can find me at DaveChen.me uh, and also find The Primary Instinct, the film I made with Steve Tobolowsky on Hulu and at theprimaryinstinct.com where you can buy it on VHX no matter where in the world you are. Uh, next week, we'll be reviewing The Light Between Oceans, which is a newest film by director Derek Sia in France, one of my favorite directors. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to talking about that movie, you guys. It should be really interesting. Thanks for tuning in to the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. We're out. We